bless you and welcome. Welcome to the last class. Last class of chapter 2, God's Way of Reconciliation. We're studying the book of Ephesians. And first of all, I just want to say uh, thank you for continuing this journey with us. Yes, we are going to go study the whole uh, New Testament. I know we're starting, we started this journey in Spanish. Uh, I mean in English. My bad. <laughs> My bad. I know we started the journey on, uh, in the book of Ephesians. However, we're going to keep these classes until Revelations. So be here with us. Be on this journey with us. So uh, let's get excited, right? Let's get excited. And uh, first of all, first of all, just 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 to interact with you guys, just want to interact with all, all those people that are, uh, to the people that, that are watching us, please take a picture, take a selfie, that you are watching the class, you know, so you can bust out your phone and you know take take a picture, right? You know, take a picture, <laughs> take a picture on your as you watch the class, you know, and send it to us. Send it to us through our Facebook page, uh, San Diego New Life Ministries. Please send it to us, and so we can you know so you can interact with us and we can put it on our page that you are watching the class with us. So. Let, let's let's uh, let's keep praying for for Pastor for Pastor Nathan and Brother Jim. I saw Pastor Nathan uh, this Sunday. Uh, he was uh, he was looking good. He was looking uh, uh, very well. Uh, but keep keep praying for him. Also keep praying for uh, Brother Jim. Uh, we we miss him. Uh, I miss him too. I miss him a lot. Uh, we miss, I miss having my brothers here. But also uh, uh, keep praying for my brothers. Uh, I I pray that that, that you guys are well. And uh, I hope I, uh, that soon you can be here uh, alongside me. So let's enter very quickly, you know, let's enter very quickly into uh, section C. We're on the edge. We're gonna about to finish. And we're on the last three verses of Ephesians uh, chapter two. The reconciliation of the Jews and Gentiles in Jesus Christ. So before, before we go and, and jump to the next slide, let's read. Let's read uh, again because we started this last week. We ended on uh, barely uh, moving on on verses 19 and 22 through 22, my bad. So let, let's read it real quickly. I'm going to read from the New International Version. Uh, I, I, and the, and the uh, slides, the PowerPoint actually has the, uh, the New King James Version. The, the scriptures are in the New King James Version. So let me read it very quickly from the New International Version. So, uh, the Word of God says, uh, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. Build on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Jesus Christ, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in Him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. So let us enter really quickly. We started this last week. You are no longer strangers nor foreigners, but you become uh, members of God's household. Or in other words, you become part, you, you become part of God's family, which was intended since the beginning. 
The reason that Jesus came was not to have slaves. It was to restore God's family. If you put if you if you want to put it that that way. So uh build the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, you know, the foundation that they laid, the of bringing everything together, they laid a, a, a foundation, right? So we left here last class, so we're going to enter into uh, new material today. Now, in the sense of laying the foundation, we're going to talk about the foundation, of supremely authoritative relation of all God's people, there are no more apostles or prophets today. Ah, that's, that's an issue that it's very, very tentative to, to speak about. Many call themselves prophets. Many call themselves uh, that they prophesy. Clearly, we've seen a lot of false prophets a lot lately. Like I said, I'm not going to go into that, into death, in, uh, into this topic. However, we should really be careful when you have a lot of people saying that they're prophets, but they are not really prophets. Right? Now the term apostle, Jesus gave his twelve disciples that those term that term apostles, meaning followers uh, of Jesus. Uh, but now today, a lot of people use the term apostle as a, in a way, if I can say this, as a title, you know, like bishop, but bishop, bishop, we had bishops in the early church. Uh, the apostles were the only 12, right? But nowadays, they use it as a title uh, for the doctors or the higher doctors. The higher end people, the higher ranking people of the denomination that uses it. So, you consider the people apostles, the persons who lived with Jesus, the people who saw Jesus, and the people who uh, actually, uh, you know, had that relationship with Jesus physically, who who were were with him physically, uh, who walked with him, who who laughed with him. Who you understand what I'm saying? The foundation is already set. In a lesser sense, there may be apostles and prophets today, but not in the sense that Paul means here. You know? Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Now, let us let us be frank. Let us be frank, sorry. I'll, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so, Wood says, this cornerstone literally means the tip of the angle. It refers to the capstone or binding stone that holds the whole structure together. Often the royal name was inscribed on it. In the East, it was considered to be more, even more important than the foundation. Right? Salmon now on the cornerstone. It denotes the stone placed at the extreme corner. So as the bond so as the bind of other stones in the building together. The most important stone in the structure, structure 
the one on which its stability depended. So it was the chief cornerstone. It was it was something that needed to be set. If your foundation wasn't sturdy, it wasn't stable, it was because your the, the chief stone or the chief cornerstone wasn't placed right. Mole says that the structure and cohesion may have its uh, sca sca scaffolding. The sacred or scaffolding of the sacred of the church in her visible aspect. But the cement is not of these things. It is only divine. It is the spirit possessing each saint for God. And, the, and binding them all together by articulating them all to their head. I'm going to explain this later on. In whom the whole building, being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. As we keep our common foundation, for uh, the whole building of God's people grows together in the mo in a beautiful way, as a holy temple, where God dwells in beauty and glory. This tells us that the church is a building perfectly designed by the great architect. It is not a uh, hazardous pile of stones randomly dumped in a field. God arranges the church for his own glory and purposes. This tells us that the church is a dwelling place a place where God lives. It is never, it is never to be an empty house that is virtually a museum, that there's no, no one lives inside. The church is to be both a living place of, of God and for His people. This tells us that the church is a temple, holy and set Apart, we serve. We serve. Uh, we serve. There, uh, there are uh, as priests offering the spiritual sacrifices of our lips and hearts, our praises to God. Let's just stop here for a minute. The church is the place where God lives, where He moves, where He dwells. Yes. We consider a church the building, but it's also a dwelling place. Jesus referred to himself, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. The Apostle Paul says that our bodies are, are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The church is us. We are designed. By God. We are the church. We are God's dwelling place. And therefore, we need to be holy and set apart to God. Nowadays, we have a tremendous problem of churches trying to be more like the world, trying to entertain 
trying to uh, be contaminated churches that they say well God blesses us but let's do this let's be, let's be more liberal do not be mistaken my brothers and sisters God cannot live God does not dwell in an unholy place in a contaminated place if you contaminate yourself God won't dwell in you that means that your temple is completely destroyed it's like rocks thrown randomly with no foundation with no stability and above all else without the cornerstone so we need to dwell in the holy place we are temples of the Holy Spirit we are the church of God we are his people we are no longer foreigners we are ambassadors but we are part of his family we are set apart we are chosen You're also being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. When Solomon's temple was built, the stones were prepared at a place far away from the temple site. It was said that you couldn't hear the sound of a hammer or axe or other iron tools at the site. That comes in 1 Kings 6-7. In the same way God prepares us first and then he fits us into his building trap says the father makes choice of his house the son buys it or purchases it and the Holy Ghost takes possession of it Mole says and the everlasting father will perf uh, perfectly reveal himself to all the watchers of the regions of the eternal world not anyhow but thus in his glorified church in the race the nature once wrecked and ruined but rebuilt in this into this splendor by his grace meaning us we were once wrecked we were ruined but Jesus came to rebuild us by his grace Adam Clark explains it that God's work in the church gave glory to the wisdom power and love of God see all of this and the reasons that we are going to detail or highlight right now we should praise God for his glorious church so let, let's see these points there is nothing as noble as the church 
seeing that it is the temple of God. There is nothing so worthy of reverence, seeing that God dwells in it. There is nothing so ancient, since the patriarchs and the prophets worked to build it. There is nothing so solid, since Jesus Christ is the foundation of it. There is nothing so high, since it reaches as high as the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. There is nothing so perfect and well-proportioned, since the Holy Spirit is the architect. There is nothing more beautiful, because it is adorned with build with building stones of every age and every place, every place of every people, from the highest kings to the lowest peasants, with the most brilliant scientists, scientists to the most simplest believers. That's beautiful, isn't it? There is nothing more spacious, since it is spreads from the whole earth. And it takes in all who have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. There is nothing so divine since it is a living building animated and inhabited by the Holy Spirit. Those are reasons why we should praise God for the church. Nowadays, we have a lot of people leaving their own churches because as you listen to uh, Pastor Jack's uh, preaching, there's a lot of people who got very discouraged because of the pandemic. In my church, they don't do this. In my church, they don't do that. That's why I'm going to leave and go to another church because they have that and they have this. Really? And we start blaming, they, these people blame the church on the reason of why they left. And let me be real for a minute. The church, the church is not, doesn't have that fault or is not guilty of why you left. The problem is you. And why am I saying that it's you? It's because you decided to cut yourself off. You decided that, oh no, I'm not going to receive here. You yourself were the catalyst of growth. You determined whether to grow in God or not, whether where you were going. See, when you become that type of Christian, you become an emotional Christian because you decide, you feel, I can grow there. I need to go to another place where there's more people where I can feel good, where they make me feel good. Do not be mistaken, my brothers and sisters. God dwells in heavenly places. God dwells wherever he, where His sons and daughters and His children come and worship Him. Because His presence is everywhere. And why is this so important? Why, should, why do we need to praise God for His church? Because He takes every race, He takes every language, any culture, any status, condition, and He eliminates them all. 
to one common factor, his love for you. Stop worrying about your financial status. Stop worrying about where you came from. You should always be thankful for where God got you out of. But never return to that cycle again. God has called us. God has chosen us to be with Him. He chose you. He chose you. He doesn't, he doesn't look at your, abil uh, your abilities, if you have a talent or not, because He will give that to you. But He doesn't look at your abilities. He looks at your heart. He wants to heal what is inside of you. He didn't choose me for my skills. He chose me because He saw deep within me that He wanted me, that He needed me. And above all else, I need Him. Because without Him, I'm not sufficient. Because He makes me sufficient. But He is more than sufficient. By myself, I cannot do anything. But with Him, I can have a breakthrough. So we are, we are the church, we are God's chosen people, and God came to break all those barriers apart. He came to reconcile, He saw a need to reconcile, we saw a purpose to reconcile, and He saw that the reconciliation had to be, didn't, it, there was no culture, Gentiles, Jews, there's nothing. God. God sent His only Son to rescue you. Not just the Jews, but the whole world. So today, take this time. Take this time. And if you are not well with Jesus, or if you don't know Jesus, take the time today to know Him. And I invite you. The prayer is very simple. God, forgive me of my sins. I recognize that you sent your son to die for me at a cross. And I know that my sins are washed away by his blood. And I know that he rose up on the third day in victory. And now he's he seated at the right hand of God. Therefore, I am saved. It is as simple as that. The gospel is simple. It's God's love letter to us all. I want to thank you for joining us on this journey of Ephesians chapter 2. I know that it was a lot, but I really enjoyed it, and I was excited to bring these classes alongside Pastor Nathan and alongside Brother Jim. Hopefully, they can come back they will let me know for sure. But as, as far as that, we will continue these online classes from Ephesians all the way to Revelations. So stick around for this journey because it's going to be a lot of fun and we're going to have a great time with the Lord. I want to invite you to our class, Women to Women, 
uh, our sister Rosie and sister Diana will be leading the, that class and it will come out on Friday. Don't forget that on Sunday, on Sunday we have a nine o'clock uh, live group in, in, in person. And also, don't forget that this Sunday, our youth will be leading the service. So don't forget, and if you can't attend the service, of course, we're gonna have it all nine at 10 o'clock. At 10 o'clock, our live stream will begin. So don't miss out. We're gonna have uh, an amazing time with the Lord. So without, without further ado, I just wanna thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for, for sticking, for, for all the, the comments, for all the good, the good comments that you have given us. And we will continue. We'll continue to spread the word. We will continue to preach the word. We will continue to teach the word. And with that, I just want to say thank you. God bless you. And have a nice week.